Good evening and welcome to our flat carol service this evening. It is only 12 days until Christmas, so hopefully you are beginning to get into the Christmas mood. Yeah, it's lovely uh, for you able to be able to join us this evening, wherever you are, uh, maybe even around the world with this uh, modern technology. Whether you've been to a plaque carol service before or not, let me tell you, you are in for a treat tonight. Now, usually, the area behind us would be filled with our orchestra and our choir. Sadly, they're not able to be here this year, but don't worry if you're thinking, what on earth is going to happen? Because over the last few weeks, our musicians have been working incredibly hard to pre-record the music for this evening, and I can assure you, it's going to be amazing. So I think what you're saying, Sarah, is it's the authentic Platt carol service from the comfort of your living room. That is exactly what I'm saying. Brilliant. And in these modern times, uh, with all the restrictions we have, the advantage of being uh, in your living room means you can sing as loudly as you like. But it's entirely up to you whether or not you stand for the carols. We don't mind. Uh, but let's start our time together with a prayer. At Christmas time, we delight again to hear the story of the journey to Bethlehem, the song of the angels the surprise of the shepherds, and their joy as they found Jesus in the manger. But lest we forget, he was born to poverty. We remember at this season all who are hungry or cold. And lest we forget, he became a refugee. We remember the stranger and the lonely among us. And lest we forget, he felt the pain of life and death. We remember now those who are ill or anxious or bereaved. And because we know he came for our salvation, let us in heart and minds go once again to Bethlehem to hear the message of the angels and worship afresh the Son of God. Amen. Amen.
The first reading is from Micah chapter 5. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth and he will be our peace. The second reading is taken from Isaiah chapters 8 and 9. When someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged and, looking upwards, will curse their king and their God. Then they will look towards the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light of those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, 
To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this.
Our third reading is taken from the first chapter of Matthew's Gospel. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife.
What kind of throne is a manger of hay? No majesty shone there, no dignity claimed. For one who deserves to be crowned and enthroned on our praise. What kind of king is so modestly born? And glory unmeasured is humble and small. This is the hope of the world and the true light of all. So I'll bow down to worship the humblest of kings, and I'll bring him the best that I have. I'll say that I love him, and that I am his, and I'll give him the throne of my heart. I'll give him the throne of my heart. What kind of saint? The fourth reading is from Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her first son, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
fifth reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, I imagine many of us are thinking, how good is that music and those music videos? Uh, I hope you have been enjoying singing along at home. Can I introduce myself? My name is Paul. Um, if you've uh, not come across me before, I'm the rector here at Platt's. And you might not know that I um, began as the rector this year, this year of all years, uh, back in um, February uh, when I started. Um, and then since then, uh, in March, the church was closed and uh, was for a good part of uh, six months or so of the year, and we've been doing things online. Um, and if I'm very honest with you about this year, a lot of the time uh, it has felt uh, a little bit like uh, this, this character, uh, Gromit, um, from a well-known animation, and uh, he's on his train uh, in this bit of the, uh, of the story, and you can see he's laying his track in front of him. There is no track in front of him, and to keep going, he is trying to, to furiously put down track in front of him. You can only see a little way ahead. He's working as fast as he can. And it's been a little bit like that. So it means, um, if you're on my train, by the way, if ever you see me run out of track, that's the time to panic and uh, maybe think about getting off. But I guess I'm probably not alone in this. You might have had similar feelings uh, about this year, only being able to plan a short way ahead. Uh, furiously trying to survive, just laying track enough of it in front of you. And to be honest, we may feel like we've been doing this and we're in a dark tunnel uh, as we're doing so. And we can barely see ahead even while everything hurtles forwards. And I don't know what has brought you to watch a carol service now at, uh, at this point. Maybe you're here because, well, what else is there to try at the end of 2020? A year of coronavirus, racial injustice, Brexit, upheaval in America. Much of it all still ongoing. And you might be here thinking, well, there's got to be some kind of hope uh, out there. There's got to be some kind of light at the end of the tunnel. Somebody who knows where the rest of this track is meant to take us. And we may all be watching and wondering, is there that kind of light and hope? And why not? Christmas is the time when we're meant to look for light and hope, isn't it, surely? After this year, a dark year, the lost year, as one uh, newspaper um, powerfully put it this weekend, the lost year, 2020. And the words that I want to focus on this evening uh, are among the most hopeful in the Christmas season. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. 
Now, they are some really famous words. They, come back, uh, they take us back to the early reading that we had from Isaiah. They're around 700 years before um, Jesus was born. And to really make sense of them, we really need to know just how much darkness the people were in, the kind of darkness it was describing. Now, the people at the time faced huge social and political and economic pressures. To the north of them was a great military power. Uh, They were called Assyria, and they were bearing down on them, and they'd already begun to, to wreak havoc. And so as a country, God's people faced political unrest. There were tensions inside the country and with their neighbors, and there were serious shortages of things they needed, and they even faced the possibility of being completely wiped out forever. And so it's described as the land of deep darkness. And in the, in the middle of that, they were desperately looking for light. Now, of course you would be, wouldn't you? Now, what do you do when a country is going through difficult times? Well, you look for experts. You look for experts to help you out, and that's what they were doing. So they consulted the, uh, the professors, the analysts, the smart thinkers of their day, and they went to them, and they were looking for light. But here is the sobering line. They did all this, but they have no light of dawn. Everywhere they looked for hope, but there wasn't any. And the Bible goes further. It describes what that felt like to search for light and not to find it. And it describes it in these ways. It says it was like a listlessness. So distressed and hungry, they roamed through the land, kind of listless, not not knowing where they're going. There was anger. When they were famished, they became enraged, and looking upwards, they cursed their king and their god. They were angry at their leaders, angry at anyone that they could point the finger at. It was despair then they will look towards the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom. Listlessness, anger, despair. I wonder if it actually sounds a little bit more up to date than we might have thought. Here were people looking for light and hope, but there was no light of dawn. And it was exhausting, wearying. And they tried all sorts of things and they put their hope in all sorts of experts, but here they were. And the one person they hadn't looked to was God. So who would have expected what God says next to them? He says, suddenly everything turns around, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. Suddenly, light is going to come to them. And where it was going to come from was unexpected. He says these lines, In the future he will honour Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea. Now Galilee was in the north of where God's people were. The the way of the sea is actually one of the main routes from the north all the way down to, to Egypt in the south. And it's actually, it was the route that the invaders and the oppressors came from. It was the places you worried about. But now light was going to come from there. In a very real sense, Light was going to come from the north, which is something we can affirm, I think. And it isn't just a glimmer of light. It's extraordinary. It pictures a leader, a person of light, if you like, like no other. And this person is going to do wonderful things, bring, bring an end to injustice. He, he says the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, it's gone. Now, to a people who've lived with injustice and lived in fear, imagine that. This person, this this person of light, will bring an end to war. It says every warrior's boot, every military garment will be rolled up and, and done away with, gone. Now, to a people facing invasion and conflict, imagine that. This person will bring an end to political conflict, Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. To people who faced political chaos, unpredictable leaders, imagine that. How many of us would welcome those things in 2020? And God's message to them was this. To a people who couldn't find light anywhere, 
he was bringing his own light to them, his staggeringly good light. And that light would be Jesus Christ. Now, at this point, you might be thinking, well, okay, Paul, I get what you're saying, and you've taken us back to this old passage in Isaiah, this Old Testament account, but you know, why would this ancient book have anything uh, relevant for me? Well, what's interesting is, if you are, if you are watching from uh, the local streets around where we are, our parish, our local area of South Manchester, our local area has many people who come from the regions around the Middle East, the neighboring countries. Some of the events described here are from the history of those regions. You can trace the places on a map. And so before we sort of immediately write it off, it might be worth knowing, for many who are here where we are in South Manchester, this is the fabric of their history. It's not a myth or a fairy tale. It's the history of what took place in their lands. And it's this place, Galilee, that Jesus of Nazareth walked the earth in history. These are words about the living, real person of Jesus. But still you might say, well, why, why should any of that matter to me particularly? Well, the Bible talks about us having been made for relationship with God. But it talks about us going our own way. And the Bible's word for that is sin. But one of the ways it tries to get us to sense that is showing us that we go searching for light and for hope in things other than God. It's as if it's saying to us, think about this year as you look back over it. Can you read your own emotions through this past year? Where have we been looking for light? What experts and analysts and politicians have we put our hope in and how have we felt when they have let us down? Listlessness, anger, despair? What we're looking for needs to come from the outside. That is really what a Christian is. Someone who follows Jesus, believing Jesus is the light and hope from God that we need. One of my uh, favorite Christian writers um, is a woman called Hannah Anderson. Um, and she was writing earlier this year, reflecting on 2020. And she tells a story um, which um, involves um, Pokemon. Um, uh, Pokemon cards, if you come across them, my children uh, have enjoyed them at various points. Um, and she tells this story about her own family and her own children. And she says, a couple of years ago, her kids got all their Pokemon cards, these little trading cards, mixed up, and they couldn't agree on who owned what um, or how to figure it out, and it was awful, which uh, you, if you've ever encountered that kind of situation, you'll know is. And the only solution was to put all the cards out and let all the kids take turns picking them. And it became known as the Great Pokemon Reshuffle. And she says, I feel like 2020 is the great COVID reshuffle. And it's going to affect everything. Friendships, work, education, churches, communities. We're going to mark the time as before 2020 and after 2020. And we will need the grace and patience to work out how we sort it all out. And she says, so all that is to say this, if you're feeling disoriented within your own life, you're in good company. If you're questioning everything that you once took for granted, you're normal. If you're not sure how this all ends, welcome to the club. This is a strange time because it may undo a lot of what you've worked for, but it also might clear the path for a whole new life that you'd never even consider were it not for 2020. Here is God saying to his people, I know you are looking for light and hope. 
And I know you're struggling because you can't find any. The way not to find that light is to try and look for it in ourselves, to to try and look for it in our experts, our institutions, our politicians. The way to find that light is to see that it's offered to you as a gift. It's offered to you and me from the outside. It's Jesus who comes. We remember, this is what the Christmas message is about. Jesus comes and says, I've come because I love you, because I don't want to see you having to lay track in front of you to survive. I've come to bring you light and hope and peace. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. Lord, you are so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. Lord, you are so, so i
has been a brilliant evening. We'll have one more piece from those musicians in just a moment, but before we do, let me pray a prayer of blessing for us. The joy of the angels, the wonder of the shepherds, and the peace of the Christ child fill your hearts this Christmas time, and the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love, now and always. Amen.